0: Thank you so much for joining us for the One Voice podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. You can even write a review if there's something that hits your heart. And feel free to share the One Voice podcast with others so we can all be on this healing journey together. A very special friend of One Voice joining us today. Her name is Pam. She's a life coach and spiritual director.
1: Pam. Hi, it's Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Good morning. Well, I just wanted to gather some of your wisdom and share with our listeners. As you know, the One Voice podcast, um, we, we kind of gear more towards sexual abuse survivors, but also those who love them. But mm-hmm. I feel like your heart um, over the years, as I've gotten to know you, is just so for the abused and the broken and for helping yeah. others find freedom and to find healing. Mm-hmm. And I've always... Felt like you were such a safe place uh, for victims of abuse to just be validated, to be heard, to be known, to be loved, um, no matter where they were at on their healing journey. And I think that is probably one of the best compliments I could give someone um, from my perspective. And I'm just so grateful to know you. And um, it's so funny how. I knew you through your daughter, Heather Evans, who's a singer songwriter, and Uh she and I had Uh worked on a few projects together and I gotten to know you there. But then when I went back to counseling um, in 2013, (laughs) you were the receptionist at my counseling center. (laughs) Uh
2: And that was just so weird, but it was also a huge
1: blessing. I felt like half the time I was getting my counseling before I even made it in the office.
3: (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, that's always been my heart is just that people know they're valued and, um, they're cared for and they're loved, you know, and, um, I was so blessed to work there and be a part of just letting people know is as soon as they walk in, look, you know, you're important Mm -hmm. and your life is important. And I think, um, I had such a heart for that agency because I found so much healing there myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and learning that because um, I was abused sexually, I was abused emotionally, I was abused mentally, physically okay. as a child. Okay. And really, really grew up feeling crazy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and until I realized that I'm not crazy, <laughs> <laughs> that I was just abused, uh, my life really started to change. And when I figured that out, I wanted others to know you're not crazy, you were just abused and there's things in your life that can be healed and you mm-hmm. can come out of that, knowing that it that you're okay, you mm-hmm. know, and that you are worth something. Mm-hmm. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Well it was very my interesting desire.
1: to me how <laughs> you know you were so you had kind of come through a great deal of your healing and in fact. Correct me if I'm wrong, but your counselor was ended up being my counselor later, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we actually so, had the same so, counselor after you had yeah, gone through a lot yes. of that healing um, with mm-hmm. Sharon, who we've had on the on the podcast in the past. Um, you then wanted to give back, and you wanted to almost be in that position that Sharon was in, and counseling the next um, generation, yeah. right, of survivors mm-hmm. of abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, then that's when you were working true. as a receptionist while you were um, sort of mm-hmm. going to school for this?
3: I was. So I was um, I was in the process of going to school for um, for spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then I was also um, then as a life coach, it was my dream then to become a life coach, to coach people, to show them you can move forward. And so as spiritual director, Um, I started my own practice and really started um, working with women on the fact that most people who have been abused, um, either sexually or physically or whatever, their view of, of God in their life is, you know, pointing the finger you know, um, that he's, he's gonna, I call it bunk you on the head every time you come to talk to him and they're just really afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, I started actually, my practice really started being based on women who counselors were almost like, okay, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) So, um, they would like refer them to me. Like, I don't know at this point what to do. And so we would just sit and just, I would just sit and listen to them and then say, you know, let's just, let's just ask God what he thinks about you. Let's ask Mm -hmm. him what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And um, they would learn, start to learn that they were loved Mm -hmm. by him Mm -hmm. and that um, he cares about them and his heart is for them, not against them. Mm -hmm. And um, it just became a tender place. And so I got, um, Kind of a name for this lady who just go sit with her because you'll feel loved it's okay you know and for the first time people would start to feel loved um and i, I just feel like that's so important that we all feel loved it is i um, think it's so we, foundational yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. and we
3: can try to work yeah. through
1: so many of the effects of sexual abuse on our lives but if we don't have that yeah. basic belief None of the rest Mm -hmm. of the work we do can really
3: get that deep. Right, exactly. And so that was really my goal Is just that um, I worked a lot with women who'd been in, um, who were and in um, trafficking. And so um, women who didn't usually trust anyone else, and they're going to, somebody's going to expect something from me. Mm -hmm. Because that's usually what happened was, Um, you know, well, I'm going to, you're going to do something for me, but then I'm going to have to pay you in return. Mm -hmm. And they started to realize that, no, no, that's not why I want you to come to my office. I want you to come because I feel like you need to know you're loved, you know? And so, um, I started getting a lot of women just coming who were just severely abused because they knew that they could come and feel loved and not judged you know, in the process. Mm
1: -hmm. What a, what a great starting point you've given so many abuse survivors. And Mm -hmm. as you've continued to walk with many of them and now as a life coach and a spiritual director, I know that you've kind of learned some techniques and some tools that would be really great for our listening audience to hear about. And even me personally, um, I was just talking to Mary about this recently, how, I think so often you can be really far along in your healing, you know, you know where the shame and the blame goes. You've even walked Mm -hmm. through forgiveness. But man, like you said, if you've been abused, it affects your life. And, you know, I've had times where, I mean, life gets crazy. And I know you've talked about crazy brain before and where I don't even know what's going on. Sometimes I'll say, you know, this is a spiritual attack or, you know, something. But I cannot get my, my thoughts captive. And my thoughts can end up going down in this dark downward spiral. And I think for a lot of people, that's where they would say they have anxiety or panic attacks can arise out of that. Now, I've never had a panic attack, Mary. I know you have. Yeah. Um, But Mm -hmm. personally, Mm -hmm. I've never had it go there. But I can can spend an entire day in this going in circles and just crazy thought patterns. And then it does result in some anxiety. And sometimes I act out, I think, in ways or in relationships or even just communicating with people in ways that I know it's not me. It's how I'm feeling. And I know you've talked before about how you've learned how um, to sort of deal with that before it gets bad.
3: Could you share some of that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, It's been a process, you know, even for me, I so relate to that, Nicole. It's so true. Mm. You know, um, when we've been survivors of abuse, we um, it does affect our lives. And so I found usually when fear anxiety, confusion come in and it's going to, it's going to come in, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we're going, we're going to have to be vigilant because we want to go into survival mode. And that's when we're usually in fear, anxiety, or confusion. Mm -hmm. And I found the opposite of that is love, power, sound mind. So what I do is I, when, when I, when someone comes in and they're like, I'm, I'm having panic attacks, I'm having, um, you know, I'm just having anxiety. I'm having fear. We sit down and we talk about, okay, where, let's pinpoint that fear. Where's that coming from? What does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. And then if we can pinpoint it, all right, where are you not loving yourself? Mm. All right. You know, where does that come in and where does um, you feeling powerless come in? Because obviously you're feeling powerless somewhere, Mm And when we can talk through where they're feeling powerless or where maybe they're not loving on themselves. So, for example, you know, um, especially if you've been a victim, you usually tend to go into Mm -hmm. self-hate, self-doubt, beat yourself up, right? You know, we just automatically do that sometimes. And so, okay, why are you beating yourself up? Where's that self-hate coming from? And let's pinpoint it so that we can walk in love in that area, Mm -hmm. you know, for you. So, for example, I'll deal with some really deep things, um, but I love to give examples because it helps us Yeah, no, understand. I think that's great. Yeah. I think it helps that us there's common so,
1: things for many survivors, you know, everyone's going oh, to yes. leave me. I'm not good enough.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so it really um, resounds then in our lives. And so I had um, a lady who... She is um, a nurse and, you know, we, I like to use symbols a lot with people because it helps us understand where we are. And so we said, you know, she's a nurse. I said, you're in ICU right now. So be gentle with yourself. Number one, Mm. would you take an ICU patient and say, get out of the bed now and you need to start walking and just ignore their symptoms? No. Wow. So we need to not ignore our symptoms Mm -hmm. and say, wow, I'm not in good shape right now. And it's okay. First of all, so true. So Mary, I think we, we yeah. so often we'll
1: care for everyone else, Mary,
2: and not yeah. care
1: about ourselves so often. You know, yeah. we have to remember that self love, oh. like you're talking about, and but we get so used to, and I think we dig these grooves out in our lives where we so often, um, not looking at our own yeah. needs, like you said, and exactly.
3: we're not loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and I think even if, especially if we're moms or whatever, you know, if, you know, we tend to put ourselves last but I tell people you have to love yourself because we can only love to the capacity of what we're loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm. when we're not overflowing, we're now getting out of an empty cup. You know, you've heard that example so many times. And so um, we had to put her in ICU. I said, we're going to put you in ICU, you know, because we want to make sure we're taking care of you So that we can get you back to feeling better. Mm -hmm. And so as we did that, we had to figure out what's, what's putting you in ICU? What is it? What's going on? And so, you know, in her job, she was, she was doing a job she didn't like. She hated it. She felt stressed out. She was like, I don't know what's going on here. And so as we kind of, you know, a few sessions in, she finally was able to say, you know what, I had an abortion and I realized as, as we're walking through this process and talking things out, you know, week by week and she's learning to trust, you know, herself and love herself. She says, I realize I've been working in the neonatal uh, uh, department mm-hmm. and in labor and delivery because I've been punishing myself and I'm trying to make up for what I did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there you go. Wow. And as soon as we came to the truth, She was able to say, I don't feel like I need to punish myself anymore. Mm -hmm. It's time to walk out of that. And let's talk to God about it. And let's ask, you know, for forgiveness for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been holding this burden your whole life, Mm -hmm. trying to make up for it. And Christ came so you can be free and you can be free indeed. And so as she started walking in that and realizing that she didn't have to make up for it anymore. It's okay. You can love yourself through this. And, um, we can love ourselves through our past mistakes or maybe our past things that happened to us that we didn't ask for. Right. That's when we can start to love ourselves. And she's now walking in freedom and she's even working there. And she says, I actually like it now. (sighs) I like it now, Pam, because I'm not walking in the punishment, punishing myself. I'm walking in helping others bring life into the world. So you know, just changing some thoughts and changing some things where we may not even know we're punishing ourselves somewhere. She started to walk in love for herself. Mm. It changed everything in her life. Mm-hmm. She started to walk in freedom.
1: So what would your advice be or what would you tell someone similar to this woman that you're helping uh, when they see themselves going down that road? And see, I think that's where I struggle from time to time. Sure. Where I, yeah. I can... I can now, right, re- I know myself well enough to begin to recognize it's almost like a trigger, um, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's more of like I'm noticing myself going in this place where I'm questioning things, myself usually, um, and just negative thoughts.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What,
1: what do you recommend, I guess, for a survivor who's maybe... In that place and they they're healthy enough and mature enough and they're healing to know, okay, I'm going down this road. What do I do? Do you do you say, you know, reach out to somebody and communicate it? Or does that make it worse sometimes where it's more like you just need to get in prayer and take your thoughts captive?
3: What What do you recommend? Well, I find that when people tend to get into crazy brain, that's what I call it, because we're talking (laughs) sound mind is the opposite, right? And I can get into crazy brain really quickly. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I can, I can go into crazy brain and I'm like, how did I even get here? Uh, How did this happen? It's like something
0: takes over your body and your brain and you have no control. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so
3: know that that's normal, especially for someone who's been sexually abused, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we go in... And I call it survival mode. I think that's what it is. We have so much
1: fear after you've been sexually abused. There's so much fear that's deep within you that you may be so far along your healing journey that you don't think it's still there. But a little simple thing can really trigger Mm -hmm. that fear to come out. And then it is survival mode. It's fight or flight.
3: Yes, it is. And so I always say, okay, Pam, you're in survival mode. You know, you normally can't do this on your own. I'll be honest, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to reach out to people that I trust that Mm -hmm. are safe to me, who can say, I'll say, look, I'm in crazy brain right now. I can be me with them, right? (laughs) And that could be a good counselor that you have. That could be a friend that you have who knows you well. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you need to speak truth to me, okay? And so if I can hear truth, what truth is, or maybe I need to go to someone to talk it out to say, What is it that's bringing the fear? Because sometimes I don't even know what's bringing the fear. Mm -hmm. Um, Once I can pinpoint it, then I can go, okay, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Now I know I can do the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's the fear, the anxiety, confusion. I can go now into love, power, sound mind. What do I need to do to love myself? To say, no, this is not truth. Or no, Pam, you just need to give yourself some grace and mercy, you know, in this area. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, or how can I empower myself now in this? Because a lot of times Mm -hmm. if you're a sexual abuse victim, you were powerless, right? Right. Right. And so when you start to feel powerless in your life, all of a sudden fear comes in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Confusion comes in, anxiety comes in. So, um, even in just practical things in life, when we start to feel powerless and out of control and overwhelmed, that fear comes in mm-hmm. right away. That's so I just have to say, all right, I have to, you know, get with someone I can talk with to say, help me make sense of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: All right, where am I not loving myself maybe? Or where do I feel powerless? All right, now that I've recognized it, I can um, become powerful yeah. in
0: it. Well, and, and Pam
3: it turns it around
0: since you were talking about using, <clears throat> you know, symbols and stuff in the nurse and the ICU, yeah. like after you're talking about this, mm-hmm. cause I have crazy brain way too much, <laughs> probably more than the average yeah. person. Um, and, it's almost like this is a weird symbol, but it's almost like a poison or your tr- your body's trying to get rid of something. Like if you're going to vomit and you keep letting yeah. it come back in your body because you're swallowing it or whatever. I know gross, mm-hmm. but it's almost like uh-huh. until you let your body just explode and get that stuff out, it's going to continue to grow and fester inside. So as you're even talking about this, I'm just thinking... Whether it's even writing it down or texting to a friend or getting together with somebody, I think whatever avenue you need to just get it out of your system, it sounds like is the first step to um, just kind of ripping off the Band-Aid and like diving into that ugly, messy disease that's trying to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, harm your body.
1: Yeah, because I think it often grows when you're isolated. And so if you're isolating yourself and you're not talking about it, then that poison would likely grow and grow. That's how it is for me. Oh, yeah. Because I can just sit here and be like, yeah. I can handle mm-hmm. this. I'm strong enough. Me and God against yep. the world. But <laughs>
2: I mean, yep. that's when yep. all of a
1: sudden, it's just like, no. The more I'm alone, the more I'm sitting in this yucky mess of thought it's going to get worse and worse. And then sometimes I end up manipulating other people to tell me what I want to hear. And it just never Mm -hmm. ends up. well. I think Mm -hmm. I need to kind of get in front of the problem instead of letting it fester, Like Mary was talking about.
3: It's so true. Um, I am all about, um, turning reactive into proactive. Okay. And so, um, I use that a lot with my clients because usually when we, um, have abuse in our background we become reactive and that's when it tends to turn into crazy brain Mm. So we're just reacting right we're just right right reacting (laughs) is really no fun it feels bad it's it's a Mm -hmm. it's a really bad feeling you know to be reactive again
1: a victim of circumstances always
3: yes yes and so proactive is so important because when we're proactive, we're pro that means we're going forward we're mm-hmm. we're for, not against okay. right, and when we're for ourselves, we can be proactive for ourselves and so for example, you know a lot of times um people who have gone through sexual abuse, just a normal everyday um, schedule can overwhelm you right um and, and so, like, I have a client, she, um, she was having panic attacks and just anxiety, and she came to me and she said, Pam, I'm just, you know, I have all these things and I don't know what to do with them, and I get overwhelmed so easily. And, and when you've had abuse, you try to become a perfectionist, mm-hmm. because if I can keep everything under control in my life. Mm-hmm. it it will be better right you know what i mean oh you're speaking well, to the choir real. here <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. i mean
3: mary and i let's are like real. I think yeah. in the dictionary under that yeah 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 and so um you know talking through um things so she she was really not like a schedule freaked her out because it was almost too much for her yet. She was a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, what would happen if, if we, you know, started um, talking about some things and getting her life organized and getting her self just proactive instead of reactive because she was in such reactive mode. I'm just going to react to things Mm. instead of saying, let's think ahead a little bit. Let's (laughs) talk about what this would look like for you. Um, And as she started to think ahead instead of react She, within two weeks, she was not having panic attacks anymore. Mm. You know, within, within two weeks, she was like, this has changed my life. Mm. And so, um, I think sometimes we just get into the reactive mode. Yeah. Instead of the proactive mode. And, um, we find such peace in proactivity than in reactivity.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really interesting because I think Mm -hmm. myself, to be completely honest, I am such a planner and a scheduler mm-hmm. and I like to look ahead. Mm-hmm. And I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, this could be actually out of my trauma. It's my way mm-hmm. of like self-protection mm-hmm. and safety and, and being on top of life before life gets to me. And that's really right. interesting to, mm-hmm. to look at it that way. I just thought I was mm-hmm. really smart and a businesswoman. <laughs> But you still are.
3: Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Actually, it is
2: I'm just walking yeah. out my abuse. <laughs> I'm just joking.
3: Yeah. And so there's so many areas, you know, where um, we can try to control, um, which can make us even more um, crazy brain, you know, and not even yeah. know it. Yeah. Sometimes it's not turns even know, to know that. it, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, Don't mess you know, with but the I schedule. mean, yeah, I know. Really. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. And that's kind of how she was. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, and then there's, there's other things like um, just being overwhelmed in your job and work stress. And, you know, I like to use symbols. um, Like, you know, I had a client who he's like, I'm just having panic attacks and I'm starting this new job and I'm, I'm nervous and everything, I feel like everything's an emergency. And we had to talk about what's an emergency really Mm. Um, and how can we empower you in that emergency? And he's like, I, I said, do you feel like you're losing oxygen? He's like, yeah, like I can't breathe. I oh, said, wow. so we need to just give you oxygen. What would give you oxygen? Hmm. What would make you feel better? What would make you, you know, um, in that moment? Not have to feel like it's an emergency, yeah. And so he's like, "Well, if I just breathed in for a minute and thought through what I was doing, so using symbolism is so good." Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Pam, I realized I didn't wasn't giving myself oxygen, so it's it works with him the symbolism, and what come to find out he had a very abusive background in his life,
2: Aww.
3: um, you know, and here he is an executive, mm-hmm. you know, but he's. He's dealing with the same things, you know, abuse does not negate position, (laughs) right? you know, Um, it affects all of us. Well, clearly we're seeing
1: it in every industry that's out there right now. Yes.
3: Yeah. Which we all knew as
1: survivors of abuse, we all knew, but now I think everyone else is understanding it
3: too. Yeah. And it's so true. And so I think it's when we can give ourselves mercy and grace to walk things out and love ourselves through it. That's when we become empowered.
1: Mm. So if someone comes to you and they are just, you know, fresh into that healing tunnel that I talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a light at the end, but it's so far away. And they say, Mm -hmm. I just, I don't even know where to start, Pam. I, I don't have anyone that really believes my story. My family sides with the abuser. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I just started seeing a counselor. You know, they're just brand new baby survivors,
2: yeah. basically. And yeah. they say,
1: I don't mm-hmm. know how to love myself. No one else loved me. You know, where do they yeah. begin? What's that first step?
3: Um, really, I think it's just being able to say that being honest yeah just to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. um that's part of healing and i think um it's really important that um, i talk about secrets in our head the secrets in our head are really um damaging to us so Mm -hmm. when we when we start a secret in our head, it just builds and it gets worse and it gets worse. Right. Mm -hmm. And it usually just stays inside. But when we can verbally say the secret, it's almost like there's darkness in a room. And I, I, I talked you know, secrets are darkness, Mm -hmm. um, in our lives. And so when we finally let it out, it's like the light's been turned on and light comes in that room Mm -hmm. and, um, the darkness must leave. Okay. So when someone so admits
1: start, that, I don't feel like yeah. I could ever be loved and I don't believe mm-hmm. I'm loved. That's the first step for mm-hmm. them is admitting it. And then that's when the light can come in for them. Like God right. can answer yeah. that for them, even in that moment of admitting it.
3: Yes. Yes. It's so important to, um, there's something about verbally processing, um, with our brain to speak it out. Mm-hmm. Um, And then allowing God just to come in and say, no, you are loved because I made you. I made you from the very beginning, from the innermost being, I knew you. Mm -hmm. And so we go back to that moment before all the abuse, before all the things that happened to them. Um, you know, before everything, I use the wagon theory, everything, you know, when we're born, we have this empty wagon and it's so free and it's fun. And we're a little kid. Right. <laughs> but then things start coming on our wagon abuse, you know, shame, guilt that people put on our wagon, but we also put things on our wagon. Right. So you're an idiot. You're stupid. Um, whatever our processes mm-hmm. are, you asked for and it. that wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you asked for it. Um what why you if you would have done this, this may not have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that go along with that. And so that wagon really becomes heavy. Mm-hmm. And so I um talk about the wagon and we say what what is it that you feel safe enough right now to be able to pick up and take off your wagon and give to God.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, mm-hmm. give to Jesus. Put it at the cross where he said no, you're free indeed. But what do you feel safe doing? And I allow them to decide, you know, what they feel safe with at the moment.
0: All right. From this day moving forward, my wagon looks different. Okay. Laid <laughs> it down, picking it
1: up. Laid it down, picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just yeah. pictured you in a well, pilgrim costume. Yeah.
0: But- well, whatever. <laughs> That's your reality, not mine. Okay. No, I love that Aww. image, though, of the the whole wagon thing, because I think so many times for me, I just feel so stuck with this junk or that junk or this and it's just ugh it gets so exhausting and so tiring and I forget that I'm an adult woman and I get to take responsibility of my life now and what the path looks like from here moving forward. So there's a lot of power mm-hmm. in that getting to create my my future with God. Like that's pretty yeah. inspiring.
3: Yes. Absolutely. It's so true. So when you realize, hey, I can take stuff off my wagon yeah. You know what? They may have put it on there, but buddy, they don't own my wagon. <laughs> Amen. My wagon. Don't be touching my wagon. Okay. Yeah, back that belongs off wagon. To me. <laughs> that's right. Back off, buddy. Okay. <laughs> and that's when people start to become empowered. You know what? And I don't even have to go through everything on that wagon. I can just say it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, get off my wagon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's when you become empowered. And that's what I see happens with people. Um, you know, the nurse I was talking about, like she had extreme you know, abuse in her background, sexual abuse. But she's like, Pam, man, I don't know what happened to me. This is six weeks later. This is not like six years later, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened to me, but I'm empowered. And she started this huge thing over Christmas. You know, she's had these dreams in her heart, but she's never done it, right? Because she's not empowered enough. She, mm-hmm. Who is she? You know, I'm still punishing myself. I'm still you know, um, living in it. And she's like, No, I'm a different person. Like I'm seeing her. I'm like, who is this lady? She's not nice to you. She's like out doing things. And she started this thing over Christmas to help single moms. Mm
2: -hmm. She's a single
3: mom. And and Mm -hmm. I mean this thing exploded. She's like, Pam, I don't even know uh help. So now she's coming to me just for like, how do I do a business right now? (laughs) You know? Like turned This has turned huge. She was on the news. She was on, she was, I would have never used my voice. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, I have a voice. Isn't it amazing when
3: God comes into
1: your healing journey and brings you across, you know, the huge mountains and the rivers and all the dark places and the corners and your hiding places. And when he brings you through that and empowers you, and just like you said, helps you love yourself, you know, empowers you, gives you a sound mind. Then he uses you to make a huge difference and an impact in the lives of other people. And I look at you, Pam, and you've done the same thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that you've come from such an abusive background and then you chose Mm -hmm. to walk out your healing and now look at you, how you're helping so many other people. That's what he does. That's what this healing journey is about. You know, the more that we're silent and we're just sitting in our corners and um, not being willing to uh, walk through hard things, we're never going to find our purpose, but if we can just take those steps mm -hmm. forward, you know, address the pain, address the anxiety, the powerlessness, the feeling like you're Mm -hmm. not loved the negative thoughts, all those things. There's another side to it
3: and it's worth it. It is. And it's scary to, to broach it, you know, in the beginning, but boy, when you do, it's so sweet. It's so good. and, I'll never forget, um, you know, people see me now, and if they knew me before, like you need a before and after picture, you know, because I was so full of shame, so full of um, blame, so full of, um, oh, my goodness, I couldn't look anyone in authority even in the eye. I mean, Wow. Um, I was a mess, and um, my husband, I told him one day, I said, if you don't hide the gun, I'm going to use it, and he was like, what? I mean, it just fell apart all in one time. I never told anyone I was abused. I never told anybody uh, I was sexually abused. Wow. You know, it was this hidden secret, and he's like, um, "Okay, okay, but what do we need to do?" <laughs> you know, thankfully wow. I had a husband who was like, "I don't know what to do for you, but let's go." And so, um, God just set me up. He's so good. And I had seen Sharon, who's our who was our counselor. Mm-hmm. You know, at a um, at a conference, I'm like, "Oh, this lady's good. I'm gonna remember her mm-hmm. in case someone ever needs it." I didn't think it was going to be me and yeah, you know, Oh, I didn't need it because I was hiding it. You know, I no, no, I was trying to um, keep everything perfect in my life, keep everything going, you know? And, um, and it was building and it was building because I couldn't deal with that wagon anymore. It was too heavy. And I just finally broke. I said, I'm done. And God, if you don't come through, I'm done. Mm. And that's what's so cool about him. He did come through. And I said, if you do come through for me, I will speak. I will never be quiet. Mm. And I remember he just came to me in that office. He just showed me how loved I was by him, that the people around me didn't know how to love me, but he did. Mm. And that's when the journey began was that he was there when I was being abused. He was crying. He was sad for me. And he had great plans for me not to harm me but to give me a future you know and that's who he was and i felt he hated me i loved him but i couldn't i could no longer um live the life of trying to go by the rules and keep and try to be perfect but he said you don't have to that's why jesus came you know and so it just it just changed me wow well that's So. so
1: powerful pam I'm just so grateful for your life and for your testimony and for how God's using you now and just grateful for your friendship. So thank you for sharing all this amazing wisdom and just know that you are truly making a difference and um, we'll be praying for you and your continued ministry
3: to survivors. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I pray for you guys and Aww. you know, we're all doing this together and um, we're not alone. No one's alone. Um, just reach out, you know, and there's always hope.
0: We appreciate you so
1: much. Oh, I appreciate you guys, too. All right. Have a great day.
0: All right. You, too. Mm -hmm. Bye. The 2018 One Voice Break the Silence spring tour begins in two weeks. Nicole will be speaking in nine different states in the next two months. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for updates along the way.